difficult, 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 we're also one half of the no. Well, I, we're each one half. <laughs> we're just the, the, the comedy duo of Reformed Horrors. We are. What if we were just one half of Reformed Horrors, and the people didn't know for years there was two other girls <laughs> that were also doing Reformed Horrors somewhere else, and then we had to come to, with our forces combined. We had that one video we made at the very beginning of our band. Oh, that's yes. like the most brilliant thing we've ever made. Remember, it's like we went back in time, you guys, in this video, and then um, we sang with our past selves in four-part harmony. Yep. And we tried it once live, <laughs> and it was, like, hard, so we gave up, which is really not a good that's, lesson. That's our because, MO, though. <laughs> because, honestly, we're... Actually, I have to say our MO is usually the opposite. We're like, we're gonna do this thing and make it work. But that one was especially hard. But I've always wanted to bring that back because I know. that was such a fun idea. It's so... Yeah, we played the video live and then sang with our past selves... You know what? That's the, that's we should. That's a well, goal. Y- yeah, just keep your eye open for a com- upcoming show. <laughs> with, that's all I'm going to say. With four whores. With four whores. The show's called Four Whores. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. So what's up? What's new? Tell me. Well, I, new. I have some very big news. I'm very excited. I got vaccinated. You're speaking to a vaccinated woman over here. Oh my goodness. Well, you guys, hold on to your butts. I've been vaccinated as well. This is extremely exciting. Vaccinated whores. We're one more step to being closer to being able to see each other again. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. I did buy my first plane ticket. I'm going to Charleston. That's so I, awesome. I thought about buying you a plane ticket to meet me down there because it's going to be I thought weird. about buying one to just show up. <laughs> be like, hi, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, no, tell me. Tell me about your experience and I'll tell you about mine because I think that everyone's having, yeah, I mean, everyone's getting yeah, it different, having different ways. Yeah, yes. so it's cool. And I think that, you know, I'm not one to do like a particular, no, it's fine if you want to do this. I'm not one to do a vaccination selfie per se. So instead, I will just relay you with my my experience. Um, first of all, I want to say I, I, I didn't neatly fit into a technical like reason to get one. So I, but I really I, I'm exposed to people without masks at work in an un, you know, with in an enclosed environment without a lot of like airflow. Generally felt pretty safe at work, but was like it's always on our minds like, you know, this we're one 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 sick person away from like blowing up the whole <laughs> business. So like uh that was something on my mind anyway. And um, more and more, I just people around me were getting vaccinated because like their BMI was, you know, over 30, but they were clearly not that obese. But I checked. I'm overweight. I'm not obese. Yeah, me too. I'm overweight, but not obese. (laughs) It's the only time I've wanted to be. (laughs) This guy that I was like dating of like a while ago, we were still friends and talking and I ran into him and he was like, I'm thinking about getting the 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 vaccine because I'm obese and I was like you know technically I was like oh you don't you know that's crazy that you're obese he's like I know it's crazy he's like you're probably obese and I'm like I'm not obese he's like just check I bet you're obese and I was like ouch like this kind of hurt my feelings (laughs) (laughs) not that there's anything wrong with being obese it's absolutely fine um but anyway so people have been getting it for like with they're they're like technically very allowed to get it but it was frustrating for me because I was like I'm I have so many reasons why I should be vaccinated right now, but I'm not neatly fitting into this thing. So as I was seeing other people getting it, I was like, let me just check out what the scene is in New York like with the vaccination thing. And what I found was like there was there's at any given moment in New York, there's a lot of available appointments. Mm-hmm. So I think we've we've definitely passed the point of like people that desperately need it. They've gotten it by now. You know, mm. now we're into the like realm of like, oh, are we, am I should I get it? Should I not get it? People are waiting till May 1st, which is great, too, if you don't feel like you need it right away. But there's like this vaccination vaccine that I'm not sure some a lot of it's getting wasted. I was hearing news of um like nurses and stuff saying like we're throwing some of this out and like that to me is a, the worst thing that can happen mm-hmm. so I was getting more confident about like I'm just going to show up and if they kick me out fine mm-hmm. went got an appointment um, and I showed up there was almost nobody there mm. which is crazy mm-hmm. 
New York City. Um, they were very happy to see me. They didn't even ask why I was there. They were just like, come in. We want to shoot you. I'm Where'd like, you Great. go? A, a I went to the, or? No, I went to the NYPD Community Center mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. Uh, I got vaccinated by a police officer. Thank you Ooh. very much. Mm-hmm. He was a big dude, and he, I don't think he really had a lot of experience with needles. <laughs> So he sort of jabbed me with this giant needle. It was great. Whatever. I was very thankful. Um, Didn't have any, you know, you sit for 15 minutes, didn't have any adverse reaction there. My arm hurt, but that's whatever. Um, And then about like eight hours later, six hours later, I started to feel a little bit like I was coming on down with the flu or something. And I was like, oh, interesting. Like I'm having the, I guess this is the symptoms. Like this is like a possible reaction. I got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. So I got the one shot deal. Um, fast forward like three hours later, I was sicker than I've ever been in my entire life. Like 102 uh, fever for just most of the rest of the day and the night. Mm-hmm. I got my vaccine at eight in the morning. So by like 2 p.m. I was starting to be sick. And then I was like very sick until like the next morning and then I started feeling better but um very 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 bad chills very like the fever worst fever that I've ever had uh never felt so sick in my life I say all this to say not to scare you from getting the vaccine most people I've heard I have had one of the worst reactions that I've heard of anybody having so Mm -hmm. your chances of having a adverse reaction are very minimal if you have a bad reaction, it means the vaccine is working. So it's a good sign. So don't be afraid of it if you if you do have, you know, symptoms. Um, one doctor on the Internet recommended like to try not to take Tylenol or anything if you do get bad uh, response because that suppresses your immune system. And the idea mm-hmm. is to get your immune system to do whatever. The second thing that occurred to me during all that was I was miserable for a few hours. Right. <laughs> across the board it's being said that even the worst symptoms of the vaccine are like a baby version of covid Mm. so i can't even imagine what it would be like to have like full-blown covid and makes you you really grateful that you know i dodged that bullet Mm -hmm. so that's another reason you should get it immediately because you do not want this thing i promise you it's Mm -hmm. not the flu it's not you know it's like the flu on crazy steroids it's really terrifying um thirdly i want to mention i want to remind people how this works i was not infected with the virus i was infected with or not infected i was injected with like you know spike proteins or something to get my immune system to work so all Mm -hmm. of my symptoms were my immune system's response there was no Mm -hmm. illness in you in me and and, it's, mm-hmm. and and that is proven by the fact that I had zero lung problems, no coughing. Mm-hmm. No, it was just immune system. So people that like freak out when they start to get sick, they're like, they injected me with the virus. It's not how that's working. And the proof is in the in the pudding that like I didn't have, you know, no lung stuff. That's where the virus is. So mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to throw those things out. The other thing is, if you get COVID, you get it for at least two weeks. So you're mm-hmm. suffering with that for mm-hmm. at least two weeks. I, I was over it within 18 hours. Right. I'm totally fine. Look at me. I'm totally fine. Look at me. Do I look like I have COVID? No, I don't have COVID. You know, so like what a what a miracle of science. I felt like I was on like the COVID simulation ride. We were oh. like, oh, try out COVID for like a few hours because it was just like, oh, my God. And I feel grateful that I had such a bad experience not a bad experience. It was mm. a great experience, but such an intense response because it's just a reminder for me girl, you better keep wearing your mask mm. at least for another two. You, you know what I mean? Not want you do not Because I could still get it even though I've been vaccinated. I, I've only been vaccinated for a few days. So I have to keep being careful and I don't want any, I would I would not wish, wish this on your worst enemy. So mm. that's that's my experience. I just wanted to share that with everybody. Um, the other thing I just want to add is that if you if you live in New York City and, you're, and, you're, and you qualify and you're really, really desperate for a, um, a vaccine and you're having trouble getting an appointment, message us at difficult women and let's talk because i know i I, it was there were so many appointments but it's Mm. so the system is convoluted and it's difficult so i would be very happy to help uh somebody in the new york city area who is really struggling to get an appointment Mm. well my situation was you know i went last week to north carolina you guys i got to see my nephews my two little sweet baby angels uh, who I taught how to do the villain. <laughs> so they did that the, my entire trip. It was amazing. Um, 
<laughs> but so on my way out of town, um, I so there's in the paper. I don't know if you I don't know if you read the Tennessee and probably not um, but, <laughs> every, every morning. <laughs> how's Marie? How's that? Town? Yeah. Uh, how's the state? Um, but uh, the outer uh, cities are not using the vaccines. About 30 percent are actually being used because guess what? They're Trump supporters out there. Then they're not getting vaccinated. So they did have a lot of extra appointments. And I do qualify uh, high risk because uh, of my high blood pressure. Um, oh, good for you. I know. <laughs> Such a weird thing. Yeah. To so taking yeah. it every day does matter, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Being like, oh, God, it's high. Yeah. It's very high. So oh. anyway, yeah, that's how I I got in but there was I made my appointment the day before because there was there were appointments available all day long but so it was an hour and a half out of town but that's where I was I was driving North Carolina so I was passing that town anyway but on April 1st I'll be able to go and get my second so I got the Pfizer and my only my arm hurt you know for a hot second but not no did side you feel anything. anything like a little bit sick or no Mm-mm, not at no, all that's and my good. parents good. had Pfizer and nothing happened they they're both their arms hurt but nothing like that. But I mean, I've heard it from Pfizer. I've heard it from Moderna and I've heard it from Johnson Johnson. So, yeah, I think it's know. normal to sometimes you and I at one point I, in the middle of the night, I was feeling really bad. I got a little bit nervous because I was like, is this something I'm like I'm at 102 right now? I should maybe speak. But you were aware checking. that that could happen. That's oh what my god yes I, it, it was more that i was like i've never ha- i didn't expect it no one was saying it was gonna be that bad mm-hmm. so i was like huh that's <laughs> like interesting so i was like googling a little as i do and i found a guy a, a doctor um who went who had been vaccinated and had a, also like an experience more like mine his fever went up to 105 but he was like and i that seems the simulation ride is really working for that guy but um he was saying the same thing i just said which is just that like this is a great thing this is an incredible that's great thing. that's yeah. nice so he but just you know so if you do have crazy symptoms it's totally fine you're totally fine you know and if you and he also chose not to take tylenol which may have brought down his fever but that he was like i was monitoring that so mm-hmm. um did uh th- that's an interesting thing too about your parents because my mom I asked her I was like did you have symptoms and she uh, after her second shot she got pretty sick like there was definitely like she had symptoms not as bad as I did but she had them and they say that older people tend to not have as many symptoms because their immune system just isn't as strong so it's not going to mm. be as actively like attacking but I, it also makes me wonder about genetics because ah. like my mom seems so you to guys have, have a stronger. Week. <laughs> just kidding. No, we have a really strong immune system. Oh, I mean, yes, opposite. That's yes. what it is. Is it ah, because it's us Andersons? So we're just <laughs> yeah. You're 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 weaklings. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that. It's not even weak. It's like just the way your body reacts. So, mm-hmm. and they say too. By the way, if you don't have any reaction, it doesn't mean it's not working. It doesn't mean your immune system is bad. It's just like affecting people differently. The same way that COVID has affected people differently. Right. So that's my point. Is that like, but across family lines. COVID seems to affect people kind of similarly because they're thinking there's something, some genetic issue, something like, you know, how family, whole families just get wiped out by COVID. You see that. How come that happens to that family, but not this family over here that also Mm. all got COVID. So there's definitely something blood type or they say or something who knows oh when they called my name i went in there and i was like i think i'm gonna cry and the nurse was like don't cry (laughs) she was so nice but it's just a miracle it's really i do feel like we're on the other side of this or we're starting to you know but we all still have to be very careful we have to you know be responsible wear our masks but girl after after two weeks after mid-april this girl is going to a dive bar i'm going to a dive bar i'm gonna i'm gonna bring my own bar nuts (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say so there's still some, you know, maybe <laughs> if it's April, maybe we can also be at a dive bar that has a little outdoor seating area or something. But. No, girl, <laughs> no, <laughs> just, I'm just start licking the floors, licking the floors. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna be cool. good, but I am so because that's. That, I mean, I moved to Nashville and like people keep asking me, what do I think of the place? And I'm like, I have, no, have no idea. Idea. And I live in East Nashville. And it's super fun. I can walk to all these bars, but I haven't been going. Um, so I'm just I'm re- I'm ready, and I know everybody yeah. else is. Let's Absolutely. all giddy up, but yeah. go and get just, your and just be careful because there is still a chance you could potentially get COVID. It won't be as bad with your vaccine, so you won't die, which is great. That's why but I bring be my careful. own beer nuts. You yes, know? bring your own beer nuts. Bring your own Good nuts, plan. you guys. From now on, don't Hold go your nuts. <laughs> Did you know the Golden Corral is open? <laughs> That's like the worst idea I've ever. I was like, 
I would not. Because that's go been there. my biggest. This shows my white privilege. Uh, my biggest fear this whole time has been: uh, will buffets be uh, <laughs> <ended>? reopen? <laughs> yeah. Is it the uh, is it the end of buffets? Um, that would be. No, I think that it's. But I this, think yeah. they're thriving still. Great. I love a buffet. They oh have to come back. I love a buffet too. Oh God. Anyway, that's. The choices. You get so many choices. Oh, just love a buffet, especially when they have the shrimp cocktail and the omelet station. I mean, what? I love the, I love a good buffet that's just full of like South Dakota salads where you're just like, I don't know what's in this, but I want it. <laughs> like, it's potato. It looks like a potato and some mayonnaise and then a, like a, a, a strawberry. Great. Oh, <laughs> want it. The last Jello? buffet I went to was in Atlantic City and it was such a great buffet. Um, but they also had like a soda fountain. For wine. Oh. <laughs> like, you know, th- just when I thought this couldn't get better. Uh, that's, that's, that's the most. So, that whole it scenario is the most American I know. Dining, dining experience thing. It's kind, I'm like, this is where, I, for better or worse, I'm a little proud of that. <laughs> I'm like, come on over, fancy Europeans. Come and see how we dine. <laughs> it is similar dining in europe when i finally went to to europe for the first time and we were in the south of france together like it's just so civilized they have like specific dining hours that you're then allowed to just Mm -hmm. calmly eat your food yeah they don't try to rush smaller portions but they space it out and yeah you know more courses yeah that's such an interesting thing about those those small restaurants like they only have like one maybe two seatings yeah but in so America, like, we're just like, here's a trough and get out of here. Yep. Yeah. Get, run. Go. Also, they um, pay their waiters. Mm. In the United States, we don't pay our waiters. So that's right. why they're always trying to kick us out. Ah, uh, yes. I see. <laughs> well, anyway. very, very exciting. We got an email. I was excited to receive this email. I was, was, I was a, as well. It was a uh, perfect. Exactly the kind of email we want to receive. <laughs> uh there was because there was a request in this email and there's a portion of it that tells me that I'm doing something wrong, which I love. Oh, Katie loves it. <laughs> I love being told that I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> so we got an email from my friend David and he writes, hi, whores. I have loved listening to your podcast since the first episode and was inspired to email you after listening to the most recent Sacagawea episode. If only we could reform the nation's educational system with an army of whores to educate our youths as well as you do. I mean, we should yeah. be in the public schools. Just starting in I- kindergarten, bring the whores in. <laughs> then he says mm-hmm. two things. Mm-hmm. One, request for a future episode, the current surge in anti-Asian violence, taking a deep dive into the history of anti-Asian racism and discrimination in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And number two, I'm still going to say it wrong. Po- post well the way i would say it is posthumously is pronounced posthumous but it's super cute when katie says posthumous <laughs> which is it's not it's one of those words did you know that was posthumous i mean i'm not a young spring chicken and i definitely how are you saying it posthumous because that's how it's spelled and it's posthumous posthumous and you know what's funny i've heard the word posthumous i didn't know it was the same word <laughs> that's not really in my wheelhouse of vocabulary words so whenever you say it i think you're saying like platypus so i'm like cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a reading word you it's know like those word. words that you read and then you think you know how to say it and then you never say it out loud or, or you say it out loud and people are like what are they or in this case they write you a letter and tell you you're wrong which i love well um, it was, so about that email we did receive that email a couple weeks ago and Obviously, the rise of this anti-Asian, you know, just across the world that's happening, but specifically we're going to get into um, here in America. Um, We got that email and I did start Googling just right then and there the amount of hate crimes that have happened this this year Mm -hmm. is just so sad. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And uh we this is not a big deal i'm like patting ourselves on the back about this but we're putting a pause on our women's month episodes and we will finish that next month because we just we really did and i only mentioned that to say that like we do take this very seriously and um it's it is something that we want to talk about Mm -hmm. um but first i think that we should (laughs) before we get into this horrific tragedy we're just gonna talk about but first let's get to our sponsor Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better 
Select almost any one item for 50% off, and then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Enter offer code HORIO at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six free spicy movies. Ooh. Plus, free shipping. That's HORIO, W-H-O-R-E-O, HORIO at adamandeve.com. That's one thing. It's on my list this week to buy a new vibrator. So send me an email, difficultwomenpodcast.gmail.com. You know where to go. Remind me. You should <laughs> um, also use our uh, code. I will. I haven't actually used it yet. And yeah. Katie has. And, and you've got all these treats. And Yeah, I used it. And then I ordered the wrong dildo. I, was, I, went, I went the cheap route. And I got mm. this tiny little dick. <laughs> and I was like, meh. <laughs> I don't really use it. That was my fault, though. That's not the that's not the website. That's me being a cheap bastard and then picking. Well, see, the thing is, vibrators can dildo. get really expensive. I just even mine isn't even a, doesn't even vibrate. Oh, you <laughs> just, just got a, very a dildo. Small. Oh, you dick. got a yeah. dildo. Oh, because I, I was trying little, to be just use a cork. <laughs> well, or a banana. Gross, <laughs> that sounds not not hygienic. Don't do it. Cut to our next sponsor, the banana. Yeah. Oh my god, Chiquita Banana. Okay. Oh my god. All right, let's bring it in. Reel it in, Katie. Right, sorry. All right, let's Uh, get into this. Right, Um, so if you have been living under a rock, as we like to say, uh, we you may or may not know, you should know, you bet you better know, that there was a horrific crime that happened in Atlanta, uh, which was the shooting of I think now eight people have died, um, in a, a few spas across Atlanta that was perpetrated by a Weasley little white dude. Um, and it seemed very, it, 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 it was clearly um, directed at Asian women. It's a, such a sad, I mean, this guy, this guy just kind of walked in to some spot to, to a spa that he had frequented, I found out later. Mm-hmm. So he knew what he was mm-hmm. doing. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to b- pull over the spa and start shooting people. Um, I guess just shot a bunch of people there. And then he left, went to another spa and then shot a bunch of people there. Mm. One of the issues, aside from the fact that that's I mean, there's there, the, the, the like crossover of problems with this story in terms of American problems is multifold, right? Mm -hmm. It's an intersection of misogyny, Mm -hmm. racism, Mm -hmm. gun violence, and the lack of gun control Mm -hmm. laws that we Mm -hmm. have, uh, and religion. And the problem that we have with this like very um, fundamental religious beliefs that we have in the United States, which are, uh, they're not okay. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, we try not to say, you know, I, I'm not saying Christianity as a whole is a problem necessarily, although we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> but um, this like fundamental sort of uh, type of religion is also at play in this particular in this in this particular story. Mm-hmm. Um, but because there's like different elements at play, it seems like the element that people want to downplay the most is the racist element. Mm-hmm. Even Joe Biden just the other day said that. He, they're not going to be jumping to conclusions by calling this a, a hate crime towards Asians, that they're waiting to find out more information. And I think one of the reasons it is one of the I don't know for sure, but it is one of the reasons that they really hesitate to call it a hate crime. I mean, I'm sure some of it is like psychological that we're trying to say that we don't have racism in America. Right. That's part of it. But I think also like if you charge someone with a race, a hate crime, that's a that's even more. Uh, you get charged with higher right. yeah. whatever that's yeah. called. I mean, the thing that blows my mind with it is that that they literally are like, well, this shit, you know, whole motherfucker white supremacist or like wh- whoever this. He's a white person. supremacist. Yes. I would say, okay. you know, when he his actions, 100%, um, even if it's just even the misogyny part is white supremacy. Right, so, yes. right, exactly. But they're taking him for his word of why he did it and his motive right. He claims was not because of racism. It was because of his motive was um, sexual addiction, which, you know, who also claims sexual addiction and like addiction to pornography and like hard, very hardcore pornography was Ted Bundy. Right. So, I mean, I'm so there's a lot to unpack about this specific instance, but there's just so many um, hate crimes happening all over the world. And they're and they're attributing that I'm guessing to, to the, 
the, the as Trump would say, China virus, or these just this trying to put it onto that, yeah. put scapegoating the virus onto China. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And specifically New York City. I mean, it's a huge. It's oh, my God. Huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. A woman was set on fire in Brooklyn. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely happening here. I, you can, I'm not going to pretend like we're, you know, not, well, so not happening. a friend posted this awesome thing on Facebook and I re- really respect him and what he said. But then um, under it, a uh, a woman wrote and, and it, the stance was, you know, the media needs to really truly call, say what this crime was in Atlanta. It, it was a hate crime because the media just there's so many headlines about what happened in Atlanta. So many conflicting things. So many with the headline that it was a sex addiction, you know, uh, white supremacy. I mean, it's just the media just the media is bad, I think. <laughs> anyway, my point is, right. is that the, my friend shared this thing that said, like, the media needs to just call it what it is, a hate crime. And, you know, I started reading the comments on Facebook. And this one woman wrote, um, why all the hate? Like, has this been happening towards Asian Americans this whole time? And two things. So, like, first off, I, that that post made me so angry because it's just ignorance, really. But, it, but you know, then talking to my friend about who this person was and, like, very nice woman, just maybe not well-educated in our country's history. Because, yes, there is a lot of history in our country uh, that's specifically racist towards Asian Americans. And I would say... I think that her sentiment of being like, I didn't know there was so much racism against Asians is probably a pretty common feeling amongst non-Asian people in America um, because of the narrative that America, white supremacist America, white America, has built around uh, the quote unquote role of Asians in the American Mm -hmm. sort of system. which leads us neatly into this notion of the model, the model minority myth. Mm-hmm. So this idea of like the model minority, uh, if you're not familiar with this term, it's that it's the, and I know you know what it is because I've actually it's never feeling. heard this term. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, this is perfect then. Um, you, you know what it is, because if you've ever thought Asian people are good at math, that's the model minority oh, myth. Mm-hmm. If you've ever um, thought Asian people uh, work harder than other minorities that's why they're doing so well you know that's model minority myth mm. this idea that asian people as a monolith also by the way asian countries span from the country of georgia mm-hmm. to japan mm-hmm. you know what i mean so like the, the 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 diversity of what it means to be asian is mm-hmm. is huge right so that's another thing i think in america a lot of times when people think asian they're like chinese it's like that thing when you call someone a mexican you know it's right. like you call see someone asian you're like china china person china 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 mm-hmm. um which is also ex- how are we not over that by now but okay yeah, y'all work on that okay um but this model minority myth too is that like Chinese immigrants come to the United States, they work hard, they get their kids into good schools, they are, you know, they're the smartest, top of their class, all that, uh, and then they succeed in America and they live the American dream. That's what, especially as white people, you see that and you're like, yeah, that sounds about right. That's what they, that's what happens, right? The thing about that is like, there's so many different levels as to why that's problematic. Um, one of which is that, uh, from what I read recently, I did not know this until until this week. Um, one of the reasons why there are a lot of successful uh, Chinese immigrants is because they, the United States, also cherry picks some of the smartest and brightest and best uh, people from those Asian countries to bring them to the United States to then develop things and be scientists or whatever. So of course, like they're already an advantage because they're already genius people that were they would have been geniuses anywhere you know they would have been successful anywhere um but that perpetuates a smith so that's one thing the other thing about it there's a there's lots of things about it but the other thing about it is it's it's been a very very they found starting around the 60s it's been a very successful device in pitting the black community against the asian community because what happens is 
And this is why, like, I think racism against Asians is so insidious because it's like much more quiet. You know, it's not necessarily the um, the systemic racism is much more quiet. Right. So, of course, if an old lady's walking down the street and someone, you know, sets her on fire, you're like, oh, my God, racism. You know, so so obvious. That's what's been happening. You know, that some of these hate crimes that we're seeing are just so clearly racist. Right. That we're like, oh, that that's Asian racism. But what but what's more, not more troubling, but also troubling is that there's very clear systemic racism that happens within the Asian community. Um, and like I said, they use like something like the model minority myth is racist because it also pits these two you know, black community and Asians against each other, like I just said. Um, and what that in, in effect does is it gives a narrative to white people to say, hey, black people. You're complaining about racism? Well, let, take a look at the Asian community. They're successful. They come here, they work hard, and they can be anything they want to be. Look at that kid went to Harvard. Look at this kid went to Princeton. You're complaining about racism? It's just that you're not working hard enough. Think of how damaging that is, right? That That's totally discrediting, number one, if you're bringing in, you know, if you're allowed, you know, that's the, the allowing of... Um, uh, these already overachieving Asian people into the community, into our United States, then of course that's going to be different. Also, that's totally disregarding like slavery <laughs> and all of the things that went in with that. Um, it also is totally disregarding all of the Asian immigrants that come here that are very poor and that are not living the American dream. It's like we just sort of absolutely negate those people. We don't look at those people. We don't use them in our narrative of look at, you know, how racism doesn't exist because look this person from china came to america and succeeded so that in itself is like the crux of of a lot of like our not only it's does it invisible. hold mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of the invisible line conversation that we had um, when we first started talking about black lives matter this summer there's it's just this invisible working within our communities that are systemic and happening but like some people just completely choose to ignore them but they exist and they are thriving today right and it's con and it's a confusing the model minority thing is also confusing to white people because if you if you accuse an asian person of being good at math you think well that's not racist like that's not that's a nice mm -hmm. thing to say. You're good at math, right? <laughs> but it's like it it's it's troubling because it's perpetuating a bigger problem. Mm. Also like it's also assuming that all Asian people are are a monolith. Mm -hmm. So that like to say all Asian people are good at math is totally dehumanizing an individual. Mhm. Mm mm -hmm. Because then you you what if you're not going to you know you know what I mean like what why it's like if you're saying all women are, you know, all women are good at cooking. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you can't just say that like that. That's assuming then all women are all, all we're good for is cooking. All Asian people are good for is math. Like what? You know, mm -hmm. so I think that it's it gets convoluted in our minds because we think like, but that's a positive trait. But even, you know, just to piggyback on that exact thing, when Andrew Yang was running for president, they were called him the numbers man. You know, they they really that was how they were marketing him. An Asian man that was good at math. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he is pretty good at well, numbers. Yeah, <laughs> but, and I really want yeah. that universal income. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like but that's I the think narrative that, that we're comfortable with. Where you know right, we right. we buy into it. We're like, yeah, we get that. That's the slogan. That's the advertisements that we have been. It's been part of the narrative for so long that. But I know, but but yeah, I think you make a good point of how how hurtful it is to other marginalized communities. To all, I mean. It, yeah. And I think that the, another thing that because that's the thing that like I don't really have a place to talk about. So I'm actually I'm uncomfortable talking about it, but I just want to touch on it just so people can start looking into it a little bit more. But the the relationship between the Asian and black community has been very tense in the United States, um, partly because of the model minority myth and, the, you know, the United the white United States pits them against each other. 
But in but on a side note, another thing that ha- has happened, I know, um, since the Vietnam War is that when uh, Vietnamese refugees were coming to the United States, one of the places the United States was putting the refugees was into black communities where the resources were already stretched mm-hmm. thin. So it's like th- that's just a very clear way in which you're pitting two ethnic, you know, min- uh, mm-hmm. minorities against each other, because like you're you're just choosing like we're going to just put everybody over here and then we're not going to worry about it. And then they didn't they didn't, you know, have a lot of support necessarily once they got here and got like housed, you know. So um, anyway, I think that a part of I just bring that up because it's like think twice if you're any person You don't have to just be white. But if you're someone that isn't so sure there is so much racism against Asian people think twice before you say that out loud because there's just all this stuff that you don't necessarily see or weren't exposed to even if you're a young Asian person and just don't remember the Vietnam War not that I remember the Vietnam War but um, not that old <laughs> oh, but, I was like Katie <laughs> yeah, I went back in the Vietnam War when I was you know 27 um, no. but they anyway so I just I, you hear me kind of like dancing around this because it's not really my place to mm-hmm. I didn't study it Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not Asian or black, so I don't really want to. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, well, one point that I really want to talk about um, is just women specifically and Asian women specifically. Mm-hmm. And the fetishization. I can't say it. Fetishization. Fetis- Feti- <laughs> God damn it. No, I, can't. I can't say it. Fetishization. Fetishize. Posthumous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the, fe- the, the Asian fetish. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Um so just looking into the history of a- the the fetish of Asian women, we talk about relearning our history. And this is exactly, of course, we thought immediately, you know, I think of like World War II, like the um, basically the concentration camps that we had here on American so- soil for, for you know, um, for Japanese uh, here. That's the first thing I thought of, um, but in history. But apparently in... Um, there was this – in 1875 here in America, there was the first federal immigration law, and it was directed at Asian females. In America, the Asian women that were coming in, they were assumed to be prostitutes mm. and that they were lewd and up to no good. So they made – yeah, they made the um, the Page Act in 1875, and it was the – it was a immigration law, and – yeah, it was specifically to ban Asian women coming into the country um, because they were up to lewd and immoral purposes. For and the reasoning was because they were thought to to be only coming into this country as prostitutes. Um, and then just continuing on with viewing Asian women as lewd and immoral, you know, humans um, during the gold rush. Uh, that's, I think, where the um, racism also and the stereotype of um, kind of the comfort woman. So obviously, like we know in the gold rush, there were the saloons like we, you know, you see it in the movies. There's the whorehouses kind of things, um, because wherever there were men, there were going to be women. um, And that's how they survived. And so there was a, a very large population of Asian women who were sex workers during the gold rush, which I did not know. So then also, as we know, Korean War, Vietnam War, um, we know that the American men went over to these countries and a lot of these women had no other means to survive. And so they, again, were the comfort woman. And so but then there was so much violence against these women. Mm -hmm. But they I don't know about you, but I've definitely heard of these like the the romanticization of you know, soldiers going over to Vietnam and Miss falling Saigon. in love. Oh, That's what yeah, Miss Saigon is about, you know. That's yeah. all it's about. <laughs> yeah, right. But there's a there's a kind of, um, I was about to say an unspoken narrative, but it's actually quite, uh, yeah, it's in Miss Saigon. It's spoken, which but is, it's painted as, rom- it's romanticized. Yes, yes. Right. But, um, but there was a lot of abuse happening mm-hmm. um, during that time and a lot of violence towards those women. Um, but in the stories that were told in history, I think that it's more uh, that they they romanticize it. Um, they, yeah. you know, they were. I do think in Miss Saigon, she does get like 
slapped around by her husband at least. So yeah, like I they, think that they there show is that some yeah. violence. Yeah, towards her. I don't know. I don't remember how that move, that show ends. But anyway, um, like all women should be concerned. All men and women should be concerned about this narrative. Right. Right. Um, and then and mm-hmm. that plays into what we saw in Atlanta. Right. right. Which is that like, so if you're looking at that Atlanta horror show and say well but was it really racist like was it yes it was obviously against you know sort of sex uh, you know obsession then yeah sure it's maybe misogynist but was it really racist the answer is it uh, it is it is racist whether he knows it or not exactly because exactly this idea of the fetishization oh god the fetishization <laughs> of of asian women is right. so deeply ingrained in our society that like that uh, you know out of all, all, any kind of woman right out there men tend to believe that uh asian women are submissive right they believe that they are sort of there to be your sex slave i mean there's right. a, so many men that view asian women like that my asian women friends have all experienced it mm. I, you know we've all experienced sex i mean i've had a lot of sexism and and you know objectification in lots of ways but this is like at another level right where there's an assumption that you're going to be submissive and then just do you know people ugh, i mean it's disgusting it's disgusting the way people think of um asian women i mean right. i it's upsetting it's very upsetting yes and I'm sure there's even more to unpack in that. Um, but I want to just mention, too, that the reverse of that is this demasculating of Asian men that we also do in this country. It's almost been, like, acceptable to go around saying, like, you know, uh, I'm not attracted to Asian men. Right. Well, I'm attracted to everybody, but I'm not attracted to Asian men. And that's, like, a thing that is nonsense, Mm-hmm. It's like nonsense. I've had many a crush on the Well, Asian my man. number one crush right now, Mike Chen, strictly dumpling. <laughs> I know I've talked oh, about yeah. him before. <laughs> you love, he is the hot. Oh my show. God. I love him so much. He's so hot. He works out all the time. Right now he's not eating carbs and he's looking mighty fine. So Mike Chen, if you're listening, mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just saw Minari and Steven Yun is. Oh, I got to see that. So dreamy. Right. Right. I don't know if, if you ever watched The Walking Dead, too. He was on that show, too. He's so... And he's so masculine in that movie, too, because he's, like, a, the father that is, like, gonna, you know, help his family. And it's just... And it really, really strikes you. I mean, just to... Well, no, it's on topic. Um, You know, if you have heard, he's the first Asian American to be nominated for an Oscar, which is crazy. The... F- for, and at least for, and the for first... best actor, for maybe uh-huh. just for best actor, but like, um, that's like that's a thing that we just like haven't really thought much. Uh, I mean, I don't think we talked about as much. We certainly talk about um, black people not being nominated, but we don't talk about like Mm-mm. Asian people not being nominated as much as we should. We absolutely should be talking about like, well, why is this not even in our conversation or, or pop, you know, our pop culture conversation so much? Um, also, go see Minari. It's such a beautiful movie. Um, oh, I gotta see it. I got the but, screener, girl. Yes, but I'll tell you what, it makes me think about um, the depiction of Asian people in the media and in our like our, you know, our movies and television and stuff. So not just not just in like news media, but like in the things that we watch and how much that plays into a part two of us saying like, well, I'm not attracted to Asian men. Um, Part of what that is, is like when you see how many movies have you seen that star star leading men, you know, the leading man is an Asian man. Mm. I think that for a lot of people, Crazy Rich Asians was like a huge Mm -hmm. awakening for them because they're like, holy fuck, these people are hot. Um, (laughs) And I think some people just didn't think about that. But if you're not if you're not being shown that depiction, that's why representation matters. Right. 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 In addition to that. I want to remind everybody that up until so when I I, one thing that I I think about from time to time, it's very upsetting is like movies that have been ruined by terrible Asian stereotypes. Mm -hmm. So like a movie like 16 Candles, which is like such a great coming of age teen movie is ruined by this long duck dong nonsense. Mm -hmm. You know, this like and like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you gave a job to that actor. So that part is good or whatever. But like that stereotype was just so offensive, you know? Um, right. Another movie, 
totally ruined from to me by um by a terrible asian stereotype uh breakfast at tiffany's mm. love that movie oh, can't, right. can't can't it's so hard to watch those scenes with mickey rooney where he's a white dude you know dressed up as a asian person being just very asian stereotypey which has nothing to do with the plot i read the book it's in the book. So I get like I get why they put it in the movie. They didn't just say like, oh, let's just throw in this character. It is legitimately in the book that she has a neighbor. But like they didn't have to take that route. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they could have also. I mean, it's just there's so many things like that. Um, I bring all this up to say like that's not an old thing mm-hmm. that's ha- that used to happen and doesn't happen anymore. Uh, that show that was just not on that long ago, that Kimmy Schmidt saw- show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever watched that show. I, the first season I was like loving it and then I think it was in the second season she got a boyfriend and her boyfriend was Asian which was like great that's great we again we don't see that a lot but then they chose Tina Fey specifically chose to make this Asian person really stereotypically Asian I think the the actor though I'm quite sure is an American actor who then they have like doing this crazy accent and like they have him sort of in this weird bumbly like thing that just I remember seeing it for the first time being like, oh, this does not feel good. And it got a lot of pushback for good reason. But it's like that she thought in 2014, mm. whenever that came out, it was still OK to do that. Like we're still fighting those like that's what we see. Those are the that's characters we see on TV. Well, right. So our good friend Hari Kanabolo. He made a documentary, The Problem with a, a Poo oh, from Simpsons, yes, yes. which I highly recommend everybody seeing. Honestly, growing up, never, never thought, thought about it. of mm-hmm. any problem I, with me that. Me too, for sure. And then, you know, we talked about it. And, he, and it's fascinating that it's so glaringly obvious to him as a, a an Indian man. And then all of a sudden your eyes are like, holy shit, that is the biggest stereotype it is so detrimental for representation. Finally, you're like, oh, look, you know, this is like, you know, America's number one cartoon <laughs> that's been running forever and ever. But there's a huge problem with the stereotype of Apu. Huge. Not to mention that he's played by a white guy. By he, oh, God. Yes. So you know what I mean? Well. Like the levels of that, too. I mean, it's you can't even say, well, at least they gave a job, one job to somebody like, but not that that's a good enough reason. But I'm just saying, like, even that it isn't. Right. At play here. Right. I have a bunch of friends, um, a lot of actor friends that are Asian. And one person comes to mind in particular who um, my eyes were open to how much this is still going on because just the amount of like roles like that get they get submitted for where it's like, oh, you're going to play this immigrant who's just newly come here from China or a new, this immigrant newly come here from wherever. And that's those are like so so frequently those are the only real like especially the co-star roles that are like the Mm -hmm. smaller roles when you just want to come like how about just letting them come in and be like the the waiter you know what I mean and like sometimes that happens but Mm -hmm. there's one friend in particular who I sort of watched him just give up on the industry because he he was getting only submitted for these characters that he had to have like a Chinese accent he was like I don't do a good Chinese accent he's like I feel I feel like I'm offensive when and I, he's he's Chinese, but he's not like he's American. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like he was born in China, but he like was raised in America. He's an American, an American with a capital A. So this idea that he walks in and they're like, "Can you make it like more Chinese, or can you be like Chinese? You know, be Chinese now." He's like, "I, I don't, I can't do that accent." You know, and that that's like we still think that that's okay to sort of like push on people. And well, try to I be did like, a Zoom the other day for actors and. Um, there was an Indian guy in, on the Zoom and the person running the Zoom zeroed in on him and was like, talk, talk for us. Say something. Oh, my God. Where was and the I Zoom was like, coming from? Uh, was it com- from New York or L.A.? Is here Nash- in Nashville industry thing. Yeah, that's interesting. And I was like, uh, They're like, yeah. I think if that happened, I will say if that happened in New York where they're just like, talk for us, that would be not. We're at least no, but it at was like it was an that. actor thing, so it was just like, can you speak? You oh, know, oh. can you can you like how how ethnic can you sound? Sort of thing. I mean, this that would happen yeah. in well, New York. Actually, as well. I was going to say actually, so yeah, absolutely, just that would happen. Thing. But yeah. I do think, but it was, but it was what well, is I just happening felt in New York? So, I, I say. Yeah, but I just felt so bad for that actor 
Well, it's sort of it's interesting because it's like when it's a a white woman. So like, you know how there was a lot of pushback in Ghost in the Shell when they cast um, Scarlett Johansson in a oh. character. Oh, yeah. An Asian person. Uh, Emma Stone also in the. Right. Right, right, right. Yes. In the in the Hawaiian thing. Yeah. So it's like but when <laughs> so, that happens so, so stupid. Right. But right. when that happens to like a white person, um and I take back I do take back what I said about uh New York. I mean, clear that my whole point was that it is happening in New York. Right, so right. I, I my bad. Um the thing about when a white person is cast in an Asian role, right, in this particular mm. case, right, or in, in any kind of role that's, like, not their ethnicity, then the argument is, like, we're actors. We should be able to play anything. Mm. But if you're Asian, specifically right now, we're still breaking through these barriers, then the idea is, like, well, you can't be the leading man because you're Asian. So how come that argument works one way, right, but not the other? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you're Asian, so you're going to play the Chinese food delivery boy. Mm. Right? right? Whereas, like, w- well, you know, I'm white, so why can't I play Malcolm X? Mm. You know what I mean? It's mm. like, because, and then mm. and you see it on, there's a lot of theater productions do that, too, where they're like, we're going to do an all-white mm. version of Raisin in the Sun. And you're like, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> why are you doing that? Like, well, because we're actors and we can be anything. But, like, God forbid you have, like, a multiracial casting of Macbeth. You know, they're like, well, that, there weren't any, you know, <laughs> there weren't any Latino people in Macbeth. You know, like, well, Jesus Christ. Like, you cannot win with this stuff. And the point, too, is it's like if we only see Asian people on our screens as like the Chinese food delivery person, then we don't then white people don't think about it beyond that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why these things it matters, like who gets cast and what. Mm -hmm. I'm curious what legislation is going to be passed in the next little bit, because I do think that they are trying to introduce bills for this, you know, I don't, I don't what do they but I, I just wonder like what would it be I know you know like one but it is on a rise to, and it's terrifying so like well, something sure. has to happen what's well I mean it's not a it, to, in my mind it's not a bill that has to be passed it has to be an acknowledgement of what's actually happening yeah so when if the government's like well we're gonna we're gonna pass a bill it's like don't pass a bill just say this was a hate crime that's right. what I have to do. Charge it as a hate crime. We don't need to. There's that's uh, that's. I mean, maybe there's more. Somebody tell me if there's more that, that you know that, that what bill can be passed. But if it's not being followed, if people don't, right. you know, yeah. you can pass all the bills in the world. But if you keep saying, well, it's but it's not a hate crime. It's not a hate crime. Then it doesn't make a difference. So you have to call it what it is. Um, the other thing is uh, sort of side note to this. It's like adjacent to the conversation, but it's not unrelated. I just found out that the kid that that shot the those people in the spa, he bought that gun that day. Right, right. That is a. Yeah. I I just need people to really let that sink in because it's become such a, 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 you know, gun culture is so ingrained in the United States now, which is not something I feel proud about at all. Unlike the buffets, I'm very proud of the buffets. <laughs> not proud of. We're the pro uh, buffet. Pro buffet. Um, but like the this the notion that you could buy a gun. The same day that you'd commit a mass murder, but you can't register to vote the same day as an election. Mm-hmm. You're pro-life. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, you're you pro-life. A, you're you, you're a very religious pro-life person. Mm-hmm. But but you also had a bad day. That's another thing too. The way that they the police frame that, and then they and try then the to media walk it fucking. Back. Yeah, I yeah. know, but the media is the one that shared it and headlines and all that sort of stuff as well. But he, but that was also the statement that they made. Yes, yes, I know. So it's like even and also, the media didn't, didn't one of the police officers or the sergeant or somebody was selling yeah, racist he was shirts, selling like anti, yeah, like cool. I think yeah, China virus great. type shirts. Awesome. So it's like, and then so that's another thing that could happen instead of like making more laws. Uh, the the police department heads could uh, fire that guy. Mm-hmm. Instead of apologizing for him. Yeah. And say, we're not going to actually put, this is actually terrifying that he, he said that. And then also he happens to be selling these shirts. So like, that's something we get to investigate this guy and get him out of the department, but they don't do that. So, okay. I mean, there's so many things that can be done with this, what we have in place now, but you have to follow through on that stuff. And that's the same with a lot of things, right? So we have, you know, we got anti-rape laws or whatever, but if people aren't being prosecuted or they're not right. winning the, you know, then who cares? Mm-hmm. We have, you know, um, 
you know, in theory, you're not allowed to step on a man's neck and kill him when you're mm-hmm. a police officer. But unless you really find, you know, prosecute, find them guilty in a real way, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Accountability. Yeah. And just like follow through. Like, follow you know, through, it, yeah. it's it is lip service at a point. I think that the thing that would be scary is like, I, I don't know that I would feel that great if like they're like, OK, we're going to pass all these measures now because then it's like it feels like something's being done when it's not. Yeah. You know, so and I think, I think that's a, for me, it's, yeah. it takes more. It, it's just the the Republicans that need to acknowledge that what Trump did by you know calling it the china virus and the kung flu whatever all that stuff like the rise of white supremacy was because of the republican party these hate crimes that are happening now are because of all the the hate speech that has been touted around i would say plus, that, yes <laughs> plus all of our history as well right um but I would say it's been the f- the flames have been fanned right by Trump and the and and conservative uh, uh, re- religion like you know Christianity yes that, evangelicals um, and all that sort evangelicals of stuff. Mm-hmm. and like Trump and like I mean the it's all converging it at been, the same yeah, yeah the fl- the fans have been flamed very very you know propane has been thrown on the f- on the fire but the fire has been burning the whole time right and right. the fire has been burning through all of the administrations and I and the kind and racism rears its head in all sorts of different ways so again like the racism that a, um, a black person walking down the street faces is going to be very different from the racism that an Asian person faces walking down the street. So we can't just say racism is also a right. monolith or something. It's, it's right. different things. Right. And I just want to mention sort of an anecdote that a very close friend of mine, someone that I'm close with, uh, went through a very racist experience be- with our government during the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. During the Obama administration, Obama chose, chose to target Chinese uh, citizens, Chinese American citizens that were from China and investigate them in a very aggressive, horrendous way and destroyed many people's businesses, just just destroyed them. And like that's not something that's at, no one's talked Nobody about talks that. Nobody talks about that. Yeah. The only reason I know is because you know my my friend experienced it, and then I've you know we've talked about it. But like that's that's systemic racism too. It's not just like getting punched in the face on the street. You know, mm-hmm. not that that's okay <laughs> either, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like we it, and I and I and I say that just to say that that was under the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. So like. It's I also don't want to scapegoat our problems to the Republicans and to yeah, Trump specifically. True. Well, I think that what he has, but he absolutely to speak to what you're saying, you're not wrong to say that he has absolutely fanned these flames and made them worse and brought xenophobia up in people that maybe weren't. It was more dormant. Right. So yeah. now they're actively like and there's platforms. And, yeah. yeah, they're actively like, hurting people on the street, right. which is different than obama's sort of we will quietly just destroy people right well that's why i was shocked that biden said that let's not call this a hate crime until we have more information but are you shocked i mean i was this is the thing i I think that we have yeah no no and i mean i know you were and and i understand yeah but 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 i think that this is what we have to really realize is that like we're we this idea that like Democrats are good and Republicans are bad. We we it's not. It's like they're all bad. <laughs> they're all bad. I know that that who's, actually is who's what, worse. You right. know, and how do we right. does, do we have a better chance of getting through to Biden? Absolutely. Right. Right. Do we have a better chance of fixing these things under a Biden administration? A hundred percent. Right. But there's still it's there's still, still some up. bad stuff. Yeah. Biden yeah. is the Obama administration. Right. Biden was complicit in whatever right. happened right. to my friend. Right. And we have an Asian American vice president, and I'm still worried. Right. <laughs> you know, I love I love her in lots of ways, but I don't I don't know. She's part of the system too. Right. But we're definitely in a better position with her there. But what is she gonna do about it? What right. is she gonna do right. about it? <sighs> well, I hope everybody has enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are you are you fired know. up as much as we are? Yeah. You should be I mean, fired I- up. You should. you should be fired up. And mm-hmm. I think that like that. And we were remiss mm-hmm. to not talk about this sooner. Yes. Shame on us. Yes. And thank you to your friend who wrote yes. us and then 
clearly it, we, you know, pausing Women's History Month because this could not, we couldn't go. This is women's history. Well, yeah. Oh, well, you know, and that most too, right? Certainly. Right. I know I, that was my bad because I said that, but you're right. It's, but this is women's history too. Yeah. So. We I, love you all, everybody. I know, you know, check in with your Asian friends. I know this has been a really hard time for all of us as Americans and, you know, everybody. Yeah. And just, you know, relearn your history, your American history. You didn't learn this stuff in school. I guarantee it. There's we didn't a- even get into like, the you know, just to oh, sort of rush through it, uh, the amount of, you know, Chinese immigrants and Asian, different Asian immigrants built this country Totally. Also, um, yes. you know, we're part of building this country and then we uh, treated them like crap because that's what white supremacists do. Yep. 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 Cool. America. Oh, so much more to talk about. But we we it's we had we'd be here all day. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll revisit. We'll revisit. <laughs> well, something fun to just, you know, silver lining is when I went out to Cookville, Trump County to get my vaccine. There was a big store. It said Trump store. Guess what? Mm. It was closed. Yeah, it was closed. There was no nothing in it. Just like empty, empty. <laughs> it was an empty building. But it literally Trump called Trump Trump store. <laughs> God, I'm so curious. I know. I mean, probably that's where they got all their MAGA hats. <laughs> one of I my friends MAGA, was like, "Sounds like MAGA." One of my friends said that we have to go to Sturgis this year, and I was like, "Oh, mm, boy, <laughs> I don't want to do that." Yeah, but we could talk. We could get in there, you know. Yeah. But we'll see. They have to pay us double. If you're listening. It's, it's they don't want us they don't yeah, want us. I know. i'm sure they won't have us back it's fine <laughs> all right you guys please uh tell a friend about our podcast uh we're, we're still out here we're doing it we love it yeah. we love you we love you for listening take care and... of each other be nice and and stand up for when you see something going down be yes. careful but but help people you know yeah 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 especially right now we have to all take care of each other mm-hmm hey there guys we have some exciting news we're gonna try something new this week isn't that right, Marie? That's right. We're going to pop our Clubhouse Cherries, you guys. I don't know if you've heard of this new social media app called Clubhouse. It's all audio-based. I've heard it's like the radio, but better. Just like podcasting. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> but And what's great about Clubhouse is one of the things that people say to us all the time is they love to listen to our pod, but they always feel like they want to join in the conversation, well, here is your chance. So this Friday, March 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to be continuing the conversation about Stop Asian Hate. So please join us. We're especially interested in people and their experiences that they've had because, of course, we cannot speak to that. Anything else you'd like to join in and chime in? And if this goes well, we'll have more. So join us, please, this Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 